0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hannah. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel center ministry every week. In fact, it, it drops every Monday. Every so Monday. be ready and listening. Yeah, every Monday. I've been listening your week... podcasts and they talk about, you know, it comes every Tuesday, every Friday. And I, I kind of want to build up that expectation. I just can't wait for Monday. We're going to get our, another episode of One Thing. <laughs> our ministry hit.
1: <laughs> how, how boring do you think people's lives are that they're waiting for this <laughs> to drop? Oh my goodness.
0: Oh, Derek. My mum looks forward to it every week, mate. <laughs> every week. <laughs> The One thing's brought to you with thanks to REACH Australia. We want to see thousands of healthy evangelistic multiplying churches across Australia and over the past 10 years we've helped plant 100 churches in Australia. We want to see 200 more by 2030 and the vision's expanded. We also want to see leaders developed, leaders strengthened and primarily we're doing that through the REACH Australia development program and that will hopefully help us see that vision of thousands of healthy evangelistic multiplying churches. But for now, you've pressed play on another episode of The One Thing, Offsite Leadership Retreats.
1: Well, Scott, that just sounds indulgent, an offsite leadership retreat. So, justify it for us. What are you going to say to the sceptic who is saying, use your time better? Is that like, that's just a big church thing? That's just a corporate thing? Is it worth it?
0: Yeah, I I mean... uh... The indulgence is is interesting. I mean, in some ways, they obviously have come from a, a, a corporate background. They haven't been to a church retreat, um, but in a corporate, in a corp, with a corporate background, yeah, they were indulgent. You know, you go away to a uh, a large hotel, you'd get the comedian come in, and we like I had some fun fun retreats uh, when I was at Price Coopers, and uh, yeah, we had we, this one. I'll just tell. This is a very quick story, mm. and no doubt Tom's going to get rid of it, but. Um, <laughs> We, we got put on buses that we were in Terrigal. We were staying at the Holiday Inn and they actually got this um, fake sort of motivational speaker to come in and speak to us. And he took like, they'd hide out the whole of McDonald's and the motivational speaker came and spoke to us there as though, you know, like just this amazing, amazing speech. We all kind of, you know, wanted to tear down the doors and crashing out of it. And then later in the day, you know, we found out it was a comedian. It was all sort of a set up and everything else, but, that doesn't happen in church life. that's my experience anyway. <laughs> um, and, and in terms of it being a big church thing, I actually think it should be start of a it should be a, a regular practice for every church. and you obviously have to think about what it looks like for your size of church. So f- for even the church planter, I think it's really healthy for them to uh, organize a, a quarterly retreat of some sorts. Now you might not go away. you might you might set aside an evening or set aside a half day on a Saturday, but to do that with your launch team, uh, to do that with your your core you know your core sort of or senior leadership team it's it's actually really healthy so that you're not just working on it by yourself you actually get the diversity of a group now obviously as your team grows um, it becomes harder to get uh, you know lay people uh, involved and, and you often have to spend more time and it makes sense to do that during the week but i think as much as possible as your team grows if you could actually get your key your key leaders involved in that process uh, as much as possible then i think it's a, a fantastic thing um, it's something that, you know, Lencioni in his book, sort of Death by Meeting, you know, talks about the strategic offsite uh, in, his, in his book. And in some ways, I, I think having that regular pattern of going away and, and thinking about it is really important. And whether you do it every quarter, I'd, I'd encourage you to at least do it once a year and spend a little bit of, you know, a little bit of time together.
1: Uh, I'm just going to let the American accent there slide. I'm not going to make a comment <laughs> on that. Uh, but at the moment, half Australia is in lockdown. And while they might want to do something like this, it's just not feasible. So what are you doing? Because we've moved our quarterlies online in the last 18 months at points. And it's been a challenge. What do you do? What do you recommend to people? Should they delay? Should you cancel? Uh, wait until you can do it in person?
0: Yeah, if you haven't got a, a regular sort of planning framework, then I'd say don't delay. Get one. Start start doing something soon. So I think the reality for most churches is they actually don't have an annual planning cycle. Uh, they, they might have a, a budget that drives you know drives some of their planning, but then often often that budget isn't actually being driven driven by a strategic plan or, or driven by a strategic staffing plan or a growth plan for the church. So I would say if you're if you're delaying it and you don't have something you need to stop delaying and start you know putting in at least a quarterly cycle of, of review and, and planning um, and put in place an annual cycle. Now, often, you know, we say to most churches, you want to be, you know, doing that sort of July, August in terms of that that larger retreat to, to be looking forward to next year. Um, and so if you've delayed because you've you've thought, like me, optimistically that lockdown will end and then the numbers have come through and they just keep going up and up, um, I would say, you know, don't delay. Try and work out how you might do this uh, on online in some fashion and, and break it up into sort of two-hour chunks. Um you know, try and put on a on a time of day where it works for most of your team, because we've got you know people at home doing uh, home learning with their kids, and so often often these things don't you know aren't always ideal and and work the best. Mm-hmm. So I would say don't delay it, plan it, but in, more importantly, plan out your planning structure or cycle for the whole year and get started on that.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now, I want to uh, – you've mentioned a couple of these things. I actually want to come back to the online retreat in a second, but talk to me first about what, what are the core components of a good retreat, whether it's, uh, you know, you're in the office spending a day together or whether it's off-site even. Would you have a preference in there? What are the core components for a good retreat?
0: Yeah, I, I, again, I I think you've got to work out what are you, what are you trying to do, and, and depending on what's going on, you know, for your team – you, you might have a significant part of, you know, your time set aside for for team building, for, you know, organizational alignment um, because, you know, the sense that you've got of your team is actually that they actually need to get on the same page. So, you know, by team building, I, I don't mean, you know, sort of the fun activities where you do, you know, falling exercise and things like mm. that. I actually mean, you know, structured activities actually help you uh, get an understanding of each other. So you might use a, a self awareness tool like Strengths Finder or MBTI. Uh, you might have someone come in and um, you know provide some input that you can then you know sit down and and uh, and collectively assess how you're operating as a team or how you're wired. So so do something that actually helps create uh, an awareness of each other's strengths and and weaknesses. Um, and and or, or and or also. Uh, helps you think about the big picture, so you can actually, you know, get on the same page and be driving, you know, driving forward that. Now, that that can be a component, but really, what you're trying to do at a um, at an offsite review is actually spend a chunk of time thinking about strategic priorities. You know, reflecting on where you've been, you know, looking forward to where you want to go. So, so the offsite quarterly review, it's not it's not for social activities. Uh, it's not for heading down to the bolo and you know and hanging out and having lots of games. You know the focus should be on uh, strategic priorities. You know setting the agenda for the next year. A key part of it is actually not to overstructure or or load up the schedule. Um, so you want to you know get away, remove distraction, uh, remove interruptions. It's not about en- entertainment. Uh, the purpose of the meeting is actually to reflect on and discuss how we're going as a church, um, and. You as a leader need to be spending the prior three months to this, prepping key senior leaders to be ready to prepare, you know, presentations or or data or, or one pages just on on how their area go- is going or how key uh, things are going, so that you've got an opportunity to sort of have a good, you know, a good discussion, and then actually spend some good time, you know, planning and thinking about where you know where you want to want to go. Three months. Yeah, three months. I I think I think we often. We often kind of throw people in the deep end, and we, you know, a couple of weeks out, we say, "Oh, I'd really." Well, maybe I'm just thinking about myself here. <laughs> you know, it'd be great if you could provide this report on this. Uh, you actually need to spend the time preparing. So I've I've chatted with Greg Lee, um, about this affair, but he actually he actually spends, I think, you know, sort of six months, you know, six months out from the, the review, he sits down with a staff member and starts helping him, you know, plan, him or her plan out that report, um, gather the data. Um, this is a you know it's a coaching conversation that he's having with the you know the key staff member, uh, and it's a conversation that is helping him, you know, not be surprised by anything that comes out at at, at the uh, at the staff retreat from you know from this report, so that he can, uh, you know, as the senior leader, uh, you know, help the conversation go forward. So there's clarity, um, you know, not be surprised by any you know major major issues. He can he can ha- have an opportunity to sort of create good tension and healthy conflict, um, you know, so he can bring in other people to, you know, push into some of the the person's key conclusions so they can get tested. He's also spending that time, and I think you want to spend that time with the staff member, just to get them ready, you know, role, role play with them, things that other team members are going to potentially push back on so that they can be, you know, putting their best foot forward. Because hmm. in many ways, you as a senior leader, I don't think you want to step in and, and go over, over the top of the person. You know, that can... That that'll you know minimize them, disempower the person, and so in many ways you want to prepare them so that they can put their best foot forward, and so that you've got really good, healthy discussions. And so, you know, if a strategic re- retreat is bad, that's not your staff team; that that's you as the as the leader pulling that together. Hmm. Right. So that's and again, I'm pointing the finger at myself there every time I every time I talk at this. I've I've got a lot of work to do to get you know get our team quarterlies, uh, you know better uh, you know better functioning. Okay, well,
1: that's what you do before the retreat. You're structuring it and organising people. They're bringing reports um, that help uh, build organisational alignment, uh, that help connect and help the team understand each other. What happens after the retreat?
0: After the meeting, you would then want to keep your uh, senior leadership team or your leadership team accountable to you know tightening up and locking down those key uh Activities, ministry activities that you're going to do, and again, it, it might you know you might need to come back and uh, you know be getting budget items. Okay, well, how much is this going to cost? Um, you know, I want you know you might be asking them to take it back to their smaller team to work out if actually some of these things can fly. So there's actually ownership by the you know the, the local ministry team. But the the retreat for it to have power and impact needs to be kept accountable, and so you need to follow up with each of your uh, you know key staff or key or key. Um, team members in, the, in that senior leadership team to actually lock down their, their priorities. Uh, and then from that, you're putting together your overall strategic plan. Uh, and again, that might flow out into you, you know has budget impact, impacts and also staffing impacts uh, as well for the team.
1: One of the things you've mentioned has been the purpose is to connect people, to build the team, to get organisational alignment. If people bring reports about their area, um, you don't want them, it to be adversarial you don't want them to be uh, presenting a report and to be feeling like they're going to be critiqued or pulled apart. That's a really destructive. So, ha- how do you get it so that people um, present in such a way that they get ownerships so that people see that this is one part of the whole that I own, even while I'm not primarily responsible for?
0: Yeah. Again, uh, two two things. Uh, it's it's clarifying that big thing that's so big that each of the individual team members can't you know can't achieve it in of itself and so your job as a leader is to keep pointing back to well here's how here's the role you play in that in that larger thing but actually recommitting everyone to saying that that's what that's the goal that we're all actually ultimately going for uh, aligning back i think the second thing that you want to do is uh, again Lenciani in his book you know dysfunctions of a team talks about the the importance of sort of healthy conflict um and and I, and i think that's what we don't do well i think often in in church life we're not we're not used to sort of pushing back. So again, as a leader, you want to be modelling that, you know, asking for feedback on your own area, um, uh, inviting that in, not getting defensive, uh, not not pushing back quickly. Um, and then you as a leader want to be, again, this is what I'm saying, if you're preparing your team beforehand to be able to receive this feedback, hopefully none of these things are going to surprise them because you've already road tested it and, you know, you've thought about other, other staff members to ask that hard question. Um, you know what's to be expected. There is a symbiotic relationship in here that if you have a team where there's a high level of
1: trust and people are open to being vulnerable um, with each other, you actually get much better outcomes. But in order to build that, uh, there needs to be those moments of understanding, connection and sharing uh, in order for people to be able to present and be critiqued, knowing that the people who are critiquing them are on their side. Um, they want to work with them for it, which is why that aspect of the team building and understanding along with the organizational alignment and reports and content and conversations are so important. Now, uh, any classic mistakes you want to warn us against? Um,
0: I mean, I watch the office really. I think that's, that's a good, um... go and get the guitar. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Uh, Go and get the guitar. I mean, uh, I, I think the mistake is not, is not doing it, you know, so be be realistic. This is going to build. Um, it's going to you know it's going to take time. Just to say as well, speaking
1: to the current context where people are in lockdown, if you're running this online, a mm. few things to think about. One, significantly reduce the length and give breaks. Significantly reduce the length. Um, do aspects of it where you get um, get Uber Eats in for everyone to eat online together. Have something tangible where where you're loving them. It's different. Um, so yeah. Uber Eats, whatever it is, um, add tangible parts to it as well. Like uh, have, an, uh, have the whiteboard on Zoom if you're doing it so you draw. Have comments on shared docs. So work on the shared docs. So everyone can see it while it's happening. Those little components help connect people, help uh, make it a little bit more engaging. So you just got to work out how to, how to tweak it uh, for that online environment. Anyway, Scott, let's finish. What's the one thing you want to say about
0: leadership retreats? Uh, prepare your team so they can put their best foot forward when they come to your uh, offsite. And if I had a second one, I'd say make sure you don't overstructure it uh, too much. You want to f- review your strategy, review how your team's going, and uh, and then look forward, you know, to the next, you know, three months or twelve months, depending on your your planning cycle.
1: I know it's been a while since we've done this together, Scott, but it's the one thing, not the two things. So I'm going to let that pass this time. Anyway, let me talk about a few things in the toolbox. You can see the links in there, managertools.com, uh, manager-tools.com. If you want the website, uh, great tool, great website for um, lots of insight into how to uh, lead teams, manage people. It's excellent. Uh, TonyMorganLive.com. There's a link there to effective uh, planning of rhythm meetings as well, and an amazing episode on the one thing episode 15, which was a long, long time ago, lots of grey hair ago. Uh, that's on Meeting Rhythms also. Scott's mentioned Lenciani a few times, Deaf by Meetings. Great book on this topic. And the last one is uh, a link to a virtual retreat blog. Just great framework at the end there if you're thinking about doing this online. Anyway, as we finish, I want to give a big shout out to the new Church Planning Australia podcast, which has dropped just a little while ago. It's a new one. It's one we're building in order to help people who are thinking through church planning how it is they would do it, a framework for doing it, great, go on search go on Church Planning Australia uh, in your podcasting app. We've just released the second part of that, so go and do that now. I'm Derek Hanna.
0: I'm Scott Sanders. Chat soon. But I'd love to i I'd love to see you pull the guitar out at that substate, Derek.
1: <laughs> I've got three chords and lots of truth. So I don't worry about that. <laughs>